When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're right. Welcome to the 83rd episode of the What If Football podcast. The Champions League semi-finals will be finished, hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast. So we're returning with another episode of La Grandeza Keeps. It's a 2003-04 season. The two group phases are gone. We've got the format we all know and love. Milan of the holders. Who could possibly unseat? Let's find out. Yes, Milan are the holders and from England we have interest in the form of Manchester United, Arsenal and Chelsea. But before we get to those, let's look at the holders. AC Milan, who are drawn in a group with Ajax, Club Bruges and Celta Vigo of La Liga. Quite the favourable group for the holders, Milan. Now, we are in a new format, but pre-Christmas... The group phase, the first group phase, the only group phase, that is no different. It is eight groups of four. And Milan, our, are facing probably the toughest opponent in here, Ajax. But in um, in the most recent encounter, they had eliminated them in the quarterfinals the previous year, if you remember. If you were listening in last week's episode, Celta Vigo are the newbies of the of the Champions League, really. They've never been in the competition before. Club Bruges, bits of a blast from the past. They do dip in, in and out periodically when uh, Anderlecht aren't dominating things in Belgium. But Milan, they would win the reunion of 1995, win the reunion of later on in 2003 again with um, another two 1-0 wins. And if you were listening last week, you will know that AC Milan were quite good defensively and that is aggressively stereotypical. But in terms of 
talking about six group stage games that we covered last week and again today. Six of them 1-0 wins, which um, typically Italian, very typically Italian. And to be fair for Milan, they qualify from the group top of the tree with four goals scored and three goals conceded in the entire group phase. And it means really that their 2-1 loss against Celta Vigo was really a comparative goal bonanza. And in terms of Celta's 2-1 win against Milan, obviously Milan were, were qualified by that point. It meant that the Spanish team had progressed instead of Ajax. Ajax who bounced out to Club Bruges. And Ajax... Had they beaten Club Bruges, they didn't have a better head-to-head record on Celta Vigo. But going into the last 16 knockout phase, thankfully, uh, we have Milan, as expected, really. But instead of Ajax or Club Bruges, institutions of the 70s and 80s, and to be fair, in the uh, in the meantime, they're out. Celta Vigo are the new boys, and they're in the last 16. Joining them... Well, we'll find out. Group F, we have Real Madrid, we have Marseille, we have Porto, and we have Partizan Belgrade. Partizan Belgrade, the conquerors of Newcastle United in the playoffs via the lottery, they say, of the penalty shootout. Now, Real Madrid, we mentioned it last time, they eliminated Manchester United in the quarterfinals, and in that match, David Beckham didn't feature from the start in the second leg at Old Trafford. Since then, Real Madrid have added David Beckham to what was already a stellar cast. They continued to be favourites. The term Galacticos was now bandied around ad nauseum. John Carlin had a book out, or would have a book out, called White Angel, which I definitely recommend you go and, and read um, following the Galacticos, the Real Madrid team of this season. Huge, um, hugely influential book, very good book as well. Um, one outgoing, maybe, um, well, not maybe, it did, um, that imbalanced Real Madrid was Claude Makélélé. Will it Will it hinder Real Madrid? Well, it didn't look to in the group phase. They uh, coasted, as they often do, really, winning their, their first wins were probably the most impressive, 4-2 against Marseille, 3-1 at, uh, at Porto, and um, the most crucial matches, really, obviously, boiling down with Partizan Belgrade, not really much expected of them were... Matches between Porto and Marseille, where two Elenichev winners secured last 16 football for Porto and, of course, Jose Mourinho. And, um, yes, Porto were the Portuguese champions at the time. Now, they're not a team without European heritage, as their manager would go on to say. They have a European Cup in their back pocket from 1987, beating Bayern Munich. But in terms of the big boys, where Real Madrid, even Marseille, really, and to be fair, Partizan Belgrade, three winners who've won the trophy, or rather three winners, three teams who have got to the final, confusing them Belgrade teams there, shouldn't be really doing that, not Partizan, Red Star won the uh, European Cup in 91, didn't they? But three teams, or rather four teams there, that got to European Cup finals, Porto in 1987, Marseille won it in 93, of course, Real Madrid are the kings of Europe, and... Um, and for their sixth title, beat Partizan Belgrade in 1966. So Partizan probably on the face of it, not too much less um, European, European heritage as um, as Porto there. Also, it should be noted that Didier Drogba scores a hat-trick in a game. Big game player, as we would uh, go on to uh, 
no on these British shores and he would have had a bit of a run-in with Jose Mourinho there cross paths minimally in that group and uh, that is what Hollywood calls a setup and a payoff. Um, Mido not bad in front of goal either but he's not going to Chelsea. Uh, meanwhile Marseille would be going out to the UEFA Cup and doing fairly well in that reaching the, the final against Valencia and Rafa Benitez. More on him Next time we cover the Champions League, you better believe it, in the 2004-05 season. Meanwhile, Porto confirmed their last 16th place with a win over Partizan Belgrade. David Beckham's first Champions League goal for Real Madrid coming in a 2-1 win in Marseille as well, obviously. A free kick. More front runners in Group D. Well, Juventus are anyway. It's a fairly, fairly simple group on paper. Now, had this been maybe four years prior... Galatasaray and Olympiacos thrown in there. Stereotypically, very difficult teams to go and get points at. As we mention, it seems every single week. But in the most recent episodes, they've let us, let us down, haven't they? Galatasaray, Olympiacos, the, the tag team that you don't really want to face. Two big bruising teams that you'll probably get a black eye from away from home. But ultimately, teams that have failed in recent years, not just finishing third, but finishing fourth. These are a long time away since Olympiacos' quarter-final in 1999. Long time ago, now it seems, since Galatasaray's UEFA Cup win in 2000. Meanwhile, Real Sociedad, a bit like Celta Vigo, they've looked out, both of those teams have looked out really on Valencia's own shortcomings in um, in La Liga, Barcelona's, of course, both of those would be in the, in the UEFA Cup this season. Real Sociedad started their campaign off perfectly, winning against Olympiacos and probably more impressively given their inexperience in not only Europe but in the Champions League at Galatasaray as well. But they would find themselves in the last 16, that is true. In a limping over the line process really with three draws. Meanwhile Galatasaray don't really have um don't really have a, an easy path if they were to get through, they have their fifth match day game delayed and then shipped to Dortmund because of terrorist bombings in Istanbul. And in that game, Galatasaray still win the home game in Dortmund 2 0 through Hakansuka, which does set up a showdown in San Sebastian. But Larial's final draw, De Paula scoring an equaliser at home to Galatasaray, is enough to qualify them as, um, as Olympiacos sign off from not only UEFA Champions League football, but UEFA football as a whole, getting absolutely battered 7-0 in Turin. So Juventus, as expected, threw in first place. Real Sociedad, you would say, given the fact that they were able to trump both Barcelona and Valencia in the league last season, probably second favourites after Galatasaray and Olympiacos, and it goes the way of form. And much like Juventus, Real Madrid and Milan, Manchester United are facing a bit of an easier group. Stuttgart of Germany, of course, Panathinaikos, one of those teams you can really lump in with. With Olympiakos and Galatasaray, maybe of uh, further years gone by, Rosenborg. And Rangers, in terms of a very quite simple group, one of the weaker groups with one obvious winner. And then, depending on Panathinaikos's home form, um, Rangers too, to an extent, um, is a really a three-way battle for for second place, um, Stuttgart obviously hadn't been in the Champions League since the very first season. Meanwhile, obviously, Man United versus Rangers. 
very enticing fixture. Been a long, long time since uh, Manchester United met a Scottish side in European competition. Um, United were pretty flawless, except for a a mad minute um, in Stuttgart when they surrendered that game up. Um, but they did thrash Panathinaikos 5-0. And if you listened last week, I went through the Champions League experience, my very first Champions League experiences live. And uh, this Panathinaikos one was my fourth Champions League game live, I, f- I believe. Um, 5-0, Eric Jemba Jemba scoring an absolute screamer from one yard out, almost took the roof off the net, almost missing as well, to be fair. And um, Manchester United ease through, really. Um, Rude van Nistelrooy back in a double over Rangers at Old Trafford. Phil Neville, of all players, scoring the winner at Ibrox for United. But it means, really, that United obviously sail through quite comfortably. Um, but Panathinaikos and Rangers' own struggles mean, really, that Stuttgart limp home, really. In match day five, secures both United and Stuttgart through to the last 16. Stuttgart beating Rangers 1-0. And Panathinaikos' own own loss at home to uh, to United there secures Stuttgart's place in the last 16. Now, of course, Bayern Munich rather embarrassed us, or rather embarrassed Germany last time by finishing with two points from the group stage and bowing out of European competition prior to December. This time, they have got Lyon, they've got Celtic, and they've got Anderlecht in Group A. Lyon, of course, a resurgent, yes, not Champions League worthy. It has been proven so far. They should have got through to the second phase last time out and the previous two years, but haven't been able to do so as of yet. The first phase obviously still formatted as as it had been the for for, for the past five years. Um, Leon, though, they do have with obviously bit more progress in in the in the, in European football as a whole. Coefficients going up grabbing a few more players in uh, Ligue 1 and obviously, let's be honest, dominating Ligue 1. Like no team really has maybe sent Etienne in the 1970s. Not even PSG in terms of trophies on the board have done since. Um, they've got Celtic and they've got Anderlecht to contend with really for that second place. And who knows really, let's be honest, considering Bayern's own travails in the previous year, maybe even snatched first. And Leon were dominant at home. Um, Bayern lose at um, at the uh, Stade Gerland, as it were, then. And Celtic are returning to the Champions League. We last saw them, I believe, in a 4-3 win at home to Juventus, which wasn't enough then to uh, qualify them for the second group phase. And I believe Celtic are on a par with your Panathinaikos's, Galatasaray's, Olympiakos's. In, in terms of like having an edge at home, and, and they do show it, probably more so than each of those three teams combined as they pick up seven points at Celtic Park. But they won't go through because they picked up all seven of their points at Celtic Park. Meanwhile, you've got Bayern Munich securing three draws, scraping through. And um, Anderlecht, though, um, not really much to say about them, really, aside from terrific at home in a 1-0 win against Celtic and, let's be honest, um, beating Lyon at home as well, which put set... The cat amongst the pigeons, but again, not enough against Bayern Munich and again, not enough away from home. It had um, the table really, though, looking quite up for, well, it was up for grabs, to be honest. Seven, three teams on seven points, Celtic, Anderlecht and Leon. Bayern on six points. It it seems quite complicated there, but wins for Leon and Bayern in Brussels and Glasgow. 
would qualify them. Celtic could draw, given their edge on head-to-head over Lyon. Um, but the other teams really just needed to win, and that was simple. All had the fate in their own hands. Bayern got a got a win from the spot through Roy Mackay, and um, Celtic were getting their point up until the 86th minute. So it's another, just like last time with their win over Juventus, which wasn't enough. It's achingly close to getting through to the last 16 again. Janino scoring an 86th minute penalty for Leon. Obviously more famous for his free kicks, but still set pieces penalty. Leon go through and the bottom two heading into match day six become the top two, which seem would be quite a surprise. But if you look at the teams involved, Leon and Bayern, as they were at the time, Celtic and Anderlecht, you, you've got to say really that this probably went to form as well. Leon finally getting redemption for the uh, for the continued failures in um, in Champions League. And this is something that really teams do have to contend with when becoming a big force. Paris Saint-Germain still haven't conquered it yet, for example. Manchester City took a long time to get out of the group stages. And this is something that as we approached the mid to late 2020s with Newcastle, obviously, we'll see how they do. And if they qualify for the Champions League, it may take them a while to get over that hurdle, as we've seen with Lyon, and um, actually become successful. It does take quite a long time. Um, as people who play football manager and FIFA may think that's oh, simple simple progression get into the Champions League win it um, but it's not as simple as that as Leon proved but they are through to the knockout stages for the first time in at least Champions League lineage so with the final three groups we have got our second English interest with Chelsea in Group G who have looked out incredibly um, they've got Lazio which is probably their strongest opponent here but also Sparta Prague who could be dangerous on their day and Besiktas now of course Mentioned last time out, Roman Abramovich attended Real Madrid 3, Manchester United 4, liked football so much he went and bought a football club. And since, obviously, no FFP to speak of yet, here in 2003, Chelsea had gone a bit mad in the transfer window under Carlo. Claudio Claudio Ranieri. And um, because of this ridiculous spend, really, they're expected to challenge... um, in terms of having the squad, you are signing players really that aren't really Champions League ready, apart from perhaps Claude Makélélé, John Terry and Frank Lampard, whilst not having an abundance of Champions League experience, are relatively experienced. But it's Wayne Bridge, it's Joe Cole, it's Damien Duff, who are fantastic players in the Premier League, but maybe you feel that um, Chelsea may have to go down a similar path to Leon in terms of slowly making their way through. But Chelsea having such an influx of cash could um, tip them over the line, but we'll see. And in terms of Lazio, they were probably gifted the easiest um, version of Lazio, I guess. Because Lazio, whilst despite being fairly successful in Serie A, they did win it after all in 2000, hadn't impressed in Europe. They reached one quarter final against Valencia, which was admirable in the um, in the 2000-2001 season. But um, Chelsea, they, they were knocked back a bit by a loss at home to Besiktas. They had to come from behind to win against Lazio and that really was the turning point for Chelsea in this competition. They turn it on in Rome as well. Hernan Crespo, Ida Good Johnson, Damien Duff, Frank Lampard all score in a 4-0 win. 
Three of those goals, admittedly, all rebounds, but um, still, it, it showed that um, Chelsea had enough about them, really, and they were through prior to the final match day. Lazio holding Besiktas to a draw, which allows Sparta Prague to go through. Lazio needed a win. They could still qualify, um, but uh, Marek Kinkle, um, crucial as ever, had been the past few seasons, really, for Sparta Prague when they've actually made the tournament. Scores a 93rd-minute winner against Lazio to put the Czech team through and not Lazio again. Lazio really suffering from the reverse Juventus streak that they had when they sort of went through a time in the late 90s, early 2000s, whilst they were in, whilst they were probably amongst the biggest team in in Europe, having to go to that final day and nick something on the final day. They did it the, uh, the previous year in the second group phase, but um, Lazio had the sort of reverse fortune of that, where they would continually fall at the last hurdle and, and did so really. Chelsea winning against... Um, Besiktas to put Besiktas out, sent Sparta Park through. And, and we see here, really, with Sparta Prague, with Stuttgart, Real Sociedad, Porto to an extent, and Celta Vigo, we've got quite a wide-open knockout phase. And we've got quite the wide-open Group C as well. Monaco, Deportivo, PSV, and AEK Athens, if you were listening last week. AEK Athens got the... They're really the pinnacle of Champions League achievements in six draws from six games. If only they could um, could qualify with that record. And it is possible, of course it's possible, but uh, unfortunately it, it couldn't happen really. And in terms of senior teams, or the best team in this group, PSV, they, they hadn't really coped post-Rude Van Nistelrooy, especially in the Champions League, because Van Nistelrooy was scoring most of their goals in the tournament at the turn of the millennium. It wasn't there. Monaco, he hadn't been around, hadn't done much in the Champions League really at all since their semi-final in 1998. So it was, it was Deportivo. They had the, a final under their belts. They had huge scalps in the face of really Manchester United, Arsenal, Juventus. They'd been some very, very big teams in the past three or four years since they had been Spanish champions in 2000. But it was Monaco winning in Eindhoven that sort of announced themselves to the uh, the Champions League this season. Morientes, Gibral Cisse scoring, uh, scoring the goals there. AEK Athens made it seven successive draws in the group, but that was unfortunately ended by by Monaco and uh, Monaco thrashing them 4-0. And um, Deportivo do get to humble Monaco with a Diego Tristan winner late on in the day in uh, in La Coruña there, uh, seven minutes from time. But then you got the, the reverse, which... I won't go into it too much because we uh, we covered it on the Great Games podcast over there on our Patreon page, which, let's be honest, this is probably the the best Champions League season in terms of the amount of great games to glean from glean into that podcast, much like the 2018-19 season was to an extent as well. Um, yeah, the reverse was Monaco 8, Deportivo 3. I think that's that, that should give you all the ammunition you need to go and search that out if you do feel that way inclined. PSV do achieve a double over AK Athens. AK really not close to uh, qualifying for the last 16 as they were almost close to um, the previous year. And um, it does make things interesting going into the, the penultimate match day. Monaco are top on nine points, Depot are on seven, and PSV are on six points in third place. The 
club megastar's dream, Jan Venegar of Hesselink, with his long surname printed onto the shirts. They're equalised late on for PSV in Monaco, which sets things up even more deliciously, really, um, for the final match day. But, uh, and um, Deportivo's 3-0 win over AK Athens sets things up even better. You've got Monaco on 10 points, obviously ahead of Deportivo and their 10 points because of that ridiculous 8-3 win. PSV on 7 points as well. Essentially, Monaco are top if they better Deportivo's result or match it, really. PSV need to overturn a 2-0 win. They do have the better goal difference if they do win 2-0 and they are 2-0 up inside 48 minutes against Deportivo through Iron Robin as well. Um, another very, very bright young name to come through in European football around this time. Deportivo do lose, but they rescue it into a into a, a winnable loss, so to speak, really. A 3-2 loss. And uh, Monaco's 0-0 draw, better in Deportivo's result, of course, leaves them qualified alongside them. And um, AEK Athens leave the tournament with a, another draw. They just couldn't leave, could they, without getting on the board in terms of a, another point. Anyway, our final group is potentially... We have had quite a few close groups here, even though I did say the, the field was wide open. Arsenal, Lokomotiv, Moscow, Inter Milan and Dynamo Kiev. Now we have Inter Milan here looking to establish themselves after a, a cruel, the cruelest exit, in my mind anyway. And away goals defeat at the San Siro to AC Milan, of course. AC Milan then go on to win the tournament. Arsenal have, uh, since we've last spoke of them in this Illustrious podcast, they've lost their double crown. They kept the FA Cup, of course, but lost the Premier League. Arsenal into Milan would be the crucial game. And again, this is <laughs> this is this feels just like an, a Patreon advert at the minute. But Inter Milan won, Arsenal five was a game. We did cover on the Great Games podcast as well. And I still believe, even though because even though that run in uh, 2006 to get to the final, I still believe that's probably the greatest night that Arsenal have had in terms of quality. It was 5-1 and the story of that going into the contest was that Arsenal were on four points bottom of the pile and they needed to beat Inter Milan and beating them, they needed to overturn a 3-0 win in San Siro. Inter Milan had obviously opened up their Champions League campaign by winning 3-0 at hybrid. It seemed very unlikely, of course. Um, Arsenal were winning 2-1 and then ran in three goals late on in the day. Meanwhile, in between them, Dynamo Kiev on six, Lokomotiv Moscow on five, Locomotive would go top with a win over Dynamo. And we've got, again, another instance here of every team in it going into the final group match. Locomotive on eight, Arsenal and Inter on seven, split obviously by that head-to-head, -head, by that late Edu goal, late Perez goal, and uh, Dynamo Cave on six there. And um, Arsenal probably had them, well, they only won twice, but um, only won three times, sorry, and it was probably their most comfortable winner, 2-0 win to uh, seal that against um, Lokomotiv Moscow, which does put the Russian side sort of obviously at a disadvantage. Inter Milan are five minutes away from joining them. Like like Lazio, they were sort of had, had sort of the, the reverse look, the reverse fortune of Juventus here. They draw 1-1 exceedingly late on for Diogo Rincon of uh, Dynamo Kiev. Dynamo drag Inter Milan back down with them and Inter Milan would be playing UEFA Cup football whilst Lokomotiv Moscow in second place would be um, would be through to the last 16. Surprise, fine, surprise last 16 team and on um, head-to-head -head or in terms of the results between Inter Milan and Lokomotiv Moscow, Inter 
could only take one point off them. So they kind of deserved it, let's be honest. They lost 3-0 in Russia and drew 1-1 back home. Now, if they'd have won back home against Lokomotiv Moscow, we'd be talking about Inter Milan as one of the favourites in the knockout stage. And thankfully, we have a last 16 knockout stage to go at after this short break. Welcome back. It is 2004 now, and since we are in the early throes of the 21st century, and it is the knockout stage of the Champions League, well, we simply have to have Bayern Munich versus Real Madrid, don't we? Real Madrid go to Munich again, still with that poor record. They get their first ever draw there. They never won in Munich. When you consider that Real Madrid are were then the, the biggest team in the world still are. They'd never won, never even got a point in Munich, which would have been fine if it's one or two meetings, but this is seven meetings. This is seven meetings. Still hadn't up until this point, even after this point, won in Munich. But Roberto Carlos and his late away goal equaliser puts Real Madrid firmly, firmly on the way to the quarterfinals and obviously with the Galacticos, etc., Far and away, the favourite. Zinedine Zidane sneaks the winner in the Bernabeu and Real Madrid beat Bayern Munich again over two legs and uh, do so relatively comfortably in the end. Whilst Bayern Munich, a giant, fell, so did another one in Juventus and Albo Luque won a game for Deportivo at home. Walter Pandiani's 12th minute goal in Turin pretty much... The final nail in the coffin, 2-0, one away goal. Juventus need three, and uh, Juventus cannot get three. Would it be three for three in terms of giant humiliations? No, it wouldn't. AC Milan, despite not being able to find an away goal in Prague, drawn 0-0 in Czech Republic, it's just about enough as... um, AC Milan find three goals in the final 24 minutes of the second leg to keep that to keep that um, defence of the Champions League title still going. They were on a course for an away goal's exit, funnily enough, but um, those three goals in the final 20, 24 minutes turn a elimination into a 4-1 aggregate win. And in terms of giants being knocked out, whether or not you can call Manchester United a giant by 2004, I think it's still applicable. They're out as well. Quinton Fortune, yes, he's still at Manchester United. Oh, scored a goal in uh, in Porto, but his goal was overturned. Now, Manchester United need a one-goal win, or at least a 1-0 win, in Manchester to go through. Paul Scholes does that. And um, Jose Mourinho games, not going to be high scoring, so you think maybe Paul Scholes' goal here is enough, and he scores another, but it's offside, allegedly. And uh, Manchester United are seemingly sailing through. Then Porto receive a free kick on the 90th minute. Roy Carroll sort of throws himself against the post and the ball just falls to Costinha. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Portuguese midfielder. Rebounds late on, and probably more iconic. Jose Mourinho announcing himself to the wider world with the touchline dance. Now, of course, Porto had won the UEFA Cup um, the previous year against Celtic, but in the under the microscope of the Champions League, eliminating a huge former Champions League winner in Manchester United and then going to celebrate as you do. That announces himself to the remainder of Europe. Porto are in the quarterfinals and as to... Joining Jose Mourinho is Chelsea and Claudio Ranieri. Chelsea similarly obdurate to Porto, through with an own goal in the first leg, 1-0 in Stuttgart, and that was essentially through hardly inspiring, but um, Chelsea through, and that's all they needed to do, really. Arsenal, similarly, they bag an away goal, and few beat Celta Vigo. They're going for the treble, let's not forget. They're still undefeated in the league. They've got the... FA Cup still to uh, come. They've got a semi-final coming up against Manchester United with that one. And um, they won here 5-2 on aggregate. And in the last two games, the last 16 between four, let's be honest, um, outsiders, you've got Real Sociedad meeting Leon, where Leon grab a couple of 1-0 wins to ease through. And, and this really is the... Um, the advent of defensive football prevailing. Now we would, of course, have Greece go through and win the European Championships later on this summer. And there's a lot of tetchy games of football here, which to our mind's eye in 2022, now I'm recording this prior to the semi-finals of the Champions League, so I don't know if the semi-finals of the Champions League have been a sort of a whitewash and been defensive football winning out, but I'm not expecting it to because in the past sort of five, six, seven years, attacking football has been king. Probably 10 years, really. Go further back to Barcelona team under Pep Guardiola, all attacking football. And that's really what Champions League football is. But Leon here, Chelsea prevailing defensively. Porto, of course, as well. Um, Milan, of course, the previous year. This is really defensive football becoming in vogue. We'd see it through goal averages, through Champions League tournaments, through through World Cups, through European Championships as well. And Leon go through against... Real Sociedad Monaco scoring a away goal in a 2-1 loss against Monaco but Dado Perso's 60th minute winner is enough with that away goal to qualify Monaco in the quarterfinals and the quarterfinals I could quite possibly say is the <laughs> is the most chaotic quarterfinal of course most chaotic round of Champions League football ever perhaps with the exception of the semi-finals in 2019 We've got Chelsea versus Arsenal, which reaches a conclusion through a miraculous Wayne Bridge goal in the last minute or last few minutes, which rather ends the week from hell of Arsenal as they go out in the FA Cup semi-final to Paul Scholes and Man United, who are going to win the trophy, and then here to Chelsea in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They do still win, of course, the Premier League and retain it invincibly. So you've got that at least. So Chelsea are through, you've got... AC Milan and Deportivo, the comeback to end all comebacks, which, again, we've covered for the Great Games podcast. And 
Milan here, they were they are holders, of course. They win 4-1 against Deportivo in San Siro. Milan defensively astute team, only for Deportivo to thrash them 4-0 back in back in Spain. And if you thought the the fun was over there, Real Madrid and Monaco, they're through. They're they're in the quarterfinals and Real Madrid they do sacrifice two away goals in the Bernabeu, but let's be honest, they're they're not in this for defensive solidity unlike some of the other teams in this competition they're in it for attacking gains Zidane, Figo, Raul, Beckham of course etc 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 Ronaldo 4-2 it's a Galacticos thing to do but Monaco scored three goals at the Stade Louis de, and of course Morientes a Galacticos reject and still on the books at Real Madrid and out on loan scores the goal um, that puts Monaco through essentially and deemed not good enough for the Galacticos but it is Monaco through to the semi-finals and not Real Madrid. Could the fun, fun continue into the fourth round? No, not really, let's be honest. Um, it's Porto versus Leon um, on paper, one of the most evenly matched games because from the other, f- well, maybe with the exception of Chelsea and Arsenal perhaps, but it's the, as Porto proof, a calm quarter-final. East were 2-0 win at home. Manish bags the early away goal in Lyon. So essentially they're 3-0 up with an away goal. They need to not concede four goals. They concede two and Porto serenely through to the semi-final. So with the eliminations of Juventus, of Bayern, of Manchester United in the last 16, of Arsenal, of Milan, of Real Madrid, suddenly... The semi-finals are looking really thin on the ground here. In terms of looking at it from a 2004 perspective, Monaco versus Chelsea, Porto versus Deportivo. If you were to say any of those to, um, if you were to predict one of those, if I was the same age as what I am now and in 2004 and I predicted one of those to win the tournament, it would probably be Deportivo because of their, well, they have the most experience of the four. Chelsea probably would have been the bookies' favourites because of money and because of uh, the season they'd had in England where they finished second, which would have been their best performance for a a long, long time, probably since the 70s or 60s or even 50s. So Monaco have not really been there or thereabouts. Porto too, but we know Porto do have a bit of edge in Europe as they proved in the UEFA Cup. And Porto, they only need one goal in 180 minutes in the semi-final. Again, it's serene progress, really. Mourinho does his trick. The home, nil-nil draw, knowing that one goal counts for two away from home. Derlai scoring from the spot on the hour mark. And that is just how Jose Mourinho wants it. He would try to do it that way the following year, but with a different team. Never mind that, we'll cover that one soon, won't we? (laughs) Before the season's out, that's for sure. Monaco versus Chelsea, though, that was a bit more chaotic, more in vogue with what Monaco were doing all season. The 8-3, the comeback against Real Madrid. Chelsea never really were quite sure how they would perform, especially in Champions League knockout games. Crespo... He scored the away goal in a 3-1 defeat in Monaco. And you think, well, we've had stranger comebacks. Stranger things have happened in this Champions League campaign, really. And going back to Stamford Bridge, two-goal win for Chelsea over Monaco, you think that's probably more likely than anything. And by 44 minutes on the clock in the second leg at Stamford Bridge, that is exactly the scoreline. And as a Chelsea fan, we sat there thinking, wow, we're going through. We're going through to a Champions League final for the first time. This is... 
this really this Roman Abramovich project isn't half bad, is it? But then obviously Monaco claw that away goal back, and Morientes finishes Chelsea off. And out of the four teams, out of the potential finals, Chelsea versus Deportivo at the time, as a an eleven-year-old boy, thought Chelsea Deportivo will probably be the final. Of course, I'm stupid, and it was Porto versus Monaco. Probably the least glamorous final um, it could have possibly been, but, and potentially the least glamorous Champions League final venue, at least of the 21st century, held, held at um, Schalke Stadium in Gelsenkirchen. But Deco, Carlos Alberto, Elenichev all got the goals. Superb performance, really. It wasn't the... It, well, it, it was defensive because the, Porto get the they get the first goal in the first half. Lovely little um, neat interchange on the on the edge of the box. Carlos Alberto fires the uh, the goal in uh, decent build up play from Paulo Ferreira for that one. And essentially, what um, Porto do, having played quite well in the first half, they sit back and look for those uh, pockets to come up, and they nope Monaco will be desperate as the second half wears on, to get that goal. And in the last 20 minutes, Porto score four. Score two in the past, in the uh, within four minutes. And uh, Deco's goal is... Um, I mean, Zinedine Zidane's goal is ridiculous in the 2002 final for very different reasons. The volley, top corner, Gareth Bale for the same reason in 2018. This goal is ridiculous for other reasons. He gets the ball and he just literally delicately chips it. And it, the ball must literally only go off about six inches off the ground. And it's a chip and the goalkeeper falls for it. And it just trickles into the net. And it's um, it's quite spectacular the way it goes in. And then Elenichev fires in the third one with 15 minutes to go and the game's up. And Porto have won a second Champions League ever. Porto... Win the Champions League, Jose Mourinho wins the Champions League, but Jose Mourinho would not belong for Portugal. We won't find that out next week because next week we are returning to the world of obscure footballers in the ninth episode of that particular podcast. But we will be back to see what Jose Mourinho can do in the Champions League in the 2004-05 season in time for the Champions League final at the very end of this month. So thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the channel. Until next time, silly. Podcast Network.